0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Take your Bible's turn to the book of Acts. Let's get in the word this morning. Acts chapter 3. Reading from the New King James. Let's read the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 3. We do have notes for you. Acts 3, starting in verse 1. Now Peter and John went together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Rise up and walk. Now, I want you to read that with me in the name. Ready? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and immediately brought him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple for the first time in his life, by the way, with them walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done already in this service. We could go home and say that we've had church. It's been wonderful. But now, as we look into your word, I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts, that you would release living understanding, that you'd release even revelation to us, God, this morning. Come on, ask God to speak to you. Lord, we're not here just for a lecture. If you have the freedom to pray with your spirit, just go right ahead. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. You may be seated. We're identified by our names. I think everyone here has a name. My name is Daniel Andrews, my middle name, Bracken. My father's name is John Patrick Bracken. My mother's name is Mary Francis. We're identified by our names. It's always fascinating to me to to meet people who have nicknames. And uh, when I meet somebody who has a nickname, anybody here have a nickname? When I meet somebody who has a nickname, I usually ask them, would you like to be called by your nickname or by your, by your birth name? I ask them, what do you want to be called? Many times people given nicknames are not given a nickname that they chose. Somebody else chose it for them. And some of those nicknames are not the greatest, like Stinky. I heard of that one before. Yeah, you know, your nickname is Stinky. Bubba, that's not bad. Some redneck kind of Bubba name. That's all right. But you've got to ask yourself, What is in a name? And why do we even use names? Why do we have names? A study of of names is a fascinating study. How did names come about in ancient times? How how were names given in ancient times? Well, there's a number of different ways. Through a description of a person. In other words, through physical attributes. How many of you ever heard of Esau? Esau. Esau was born. He had some unusual features as in a whole lot of body hair. Some of you are laughing. Yeah, you don't have to wear an extra sweater. Amen. Praise God. Esau means hairy. But another name for Esau is Edom. Do you know what Edom means? It means red. So I think it's this red, hairy, <laughs> hairy guy. So names were given as a description of a person. Another way names were given is really as a prophetic word. The word Yeshua, Joshua, Yeshua in Hebrew, means he will save his people from their sins. Joshua or Yeshua was a type and a shadow of Jesus also whose name in Hebrew is, is Yeshua, he will save his people from their sins or perhaps through circumstances. How many of you know the story of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas? Hophni and Phineas are Eli the high priest's sons and they're in sin and Eli's in sin, and basically Israel's in trouble. They're fighting once again the Philistines, and they have this brilliant idea that if they take the Ark of the Covenant into battle, that they'll win, because when God's with you, and the shout of the king was among them, there was no defeating Israel. However, they took the Ark of the Covenant into battle like a rabbit foot, like a lucky charm. They brought it in, hoping that their rabbit foot would deliver them. And God wasn't with them. So what happened is the ark was taken from Israel by the Philistines. The Philistines captured the ark. And they, one of the, Eli's grandson was born right at that time. And as that child came out, they named the child Ichabod. Not a very good name, but Ichabod means the glory has departed. Don't ever name your kid Ichabod. Plus, what would you call him, ick or icky, or something. I, I, I don't know. So, circ- through circumstances, names were given. If you look at Genesis 35, the circumstances surrounding the birth of who we know as to be Benjamin from Rachel, she nam- names him Benomi, which means "son of my pain" or "son of my sorrows." However, Jacob changes his name to Benjamin, which means "son of my right hand." Names also come through through relationships. In other words, somebody in your family line maybe had your name, and that's why. How many of you are named after your father or some okay, or your mother maybe? All right, my son has my name, Daniel Andrew Bracken. He has my name. The reason he has my name is my wife absolutely, positively insisted that we give my son the same name as as his father, may. How many of you remember John the Baptist when he's born? Zachariah says, we're gonna name him John, and they said, what? None of your kinsmen's name is John. And he insists, we're naming him John. And the reason they say none of your kinsmen is because they would name names out of relationship along the family line. So names were given and in that way And uh, what you'll notice, however, in the book of Revelation, that once you give your heart to Jesus, you get a new name. Hallelujah. And so a new name meant a change, and you'll see this throughout the Old Testament as well as in the New, and meant a change in character, change in mission of that person. And so who you were in essence was summarized by your name. My name means God is my judge. Hallelujah. Praise Lord. Yes. So names have a sphere of influence if you look at your notes with me. Uh, maybe you moms and dads had this happen. Your kids come down and they say, Mom said we could have ice cream. They come in the name of Mom. The name of Mom, Mama, Mother carries weight. Don't mess with Mama, Right. So if mom said, then that's law, pretty much, right? However, when they come and they say, mom said we could have ice cream, perhaps they forget to tell you that first part that mom said we could have ice cream after we finish our vegetables, right? But this, the authority of, of the name of, of mom, maybe, in your home has, has authority, has influence. My name has influence in my house, dad said that's it we make the rules my wife and i and if the kids like it or not is totally irrelevant why not why is that because they're subject to me i'm in authority over them they know it full well you don't come against mom and dad it would be very bad for your health you just don't do that and you say what do you mean what are you gonna do no it's not even so much what i'm gonna do although i would give consequence you see people have never been trained really to submit to authority." And, and honor mom and dad. Now, the, it says in the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother and have a long life and live well in the land. You know what happens when you dishonor mom and dad? Have a shorter life. Don't live so good. I heard one preacher say, you know what it is to honor your father and mother at the, at the, very, at the very ground zero level? It's to forgive them. <laughs> because mom and dad might not have done such a good job, but how many of you know you can't give what you don't have? In fact, some mom and dads put names on their kids. You're so stupid. That's a name. You're never going to amount to anything. That's a name. It's also a name to say you're ugly or why can't you be like your brother or why can't you be like your sister and so on and so forth. And those names through counseling and through through prayer, we've had those names broken off of people in our church and certainly broken off of me. I've had people put names on me when I was younger. And then you begin to identify yourself by what they said over you. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm forgiven. Come on, I'm adopted. I got a new name. I don't know what it is, but I know I have a new one. It says I have a new one. Names have influence. If I say to you, President Barack Obama, that carries weight. No matter what you think about him whether you're glad or not so glad, he is our president, and the president of the United States has influence, has power. He could call your our sons to battle, to war right now. He could change things. Every, he, through a, as If I could quote him, the use of his phone and his pen could change things. You say, how is that? Because he has authority, because he's the president. Thank God that our founding fathers understood that man was basically fallen and developed the three branches of government to hold us all in check and in balance. I hope you voted. Amen. If you didn't vote, you've got no right to complain. And as we look at our text, we see the name of Jesus used, and this miracle takes place. In the book of John, chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says later on that it, it, that it became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is his name. So Peter and John at the hour of prayer, let me summarize what we read, and then we'll get into the heart of the message. The heart of the message is this, the name of Jesus. What is so powerful about the name of Jesus? Why do we have the name of Jesus? And do we need to say the name of Yeshua and not the name of Jesus? I'd like to shoot that if, I, if, I, if you don't mind. I'd like to put a cap in that thing today. Because there's this there's this lie that's being spread in the body of Christ on a low grade level, I think. Not like grace. The grace message is a gangrene that's spreading across our nation, and it, and there's many lies regarding grace. I'll be putting a cap in that thing also uh, in the weeks to come. Working on a message on grace. What is grace? what is what is the real grace taught in scripture and it's and uh, we need to hear that i've touched on it before but we're going to get after it in a message called a series called amazing grace so we'll be moving in that direction but the name of jesus the name of yeshua it's the same thing but there's there's some that say well you need to say yeshua look it's not a, it's not the 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 sound vibrations that come from yeshua that actually bring the miracle It's what the name means, the character, the integrity, the kingdom of God, so on and so forth. So here you see the apostles, they go to prayer, and they release the power of the kingdom of God. And this man who's over 40 years of age, we find out later, is totally healed. A miracle takes place in the name of Jesus. If you look at verse 16, moving on in our notes, faith in his name produced the miracle. Let me read it to you, verse 16. Now, we didn't read that. We only read through verse 10, but verse 16 says, and in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, faith which comes through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Wow. Faith in the name of Jesus Faith in the name of Yeshua, same thing, releases the kingdom of God. And this this guy gets healed. I mean, that's a pretty major miracle. And so the name of Jesus was so powerful that in Acts chapter 4, the religious leaders say, hey, listen, hey, ah, don't say the name again. You read my lips. Don't say the name again. Don't teach, don't pray the name of Jesus again. I mean, literally, they're forbidden. Forbid Peter and John to use the name. Let me ask you this. I've preached from this text countless times. I can't remember how many times I've preached from this text. But how did they know to use his name? How did they know actually to use his name? How how do we know? I mean, here in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do you have to say Nazareth? How did they know to use his name? Well, if you look at your notes, once again, A, they experienced, they experienced a miracle, Miracles should be plural, the power of Jesus. Peter and John were there when they crossed over the sea and landed in the region of the Gadarenes and were met by a demonized man, as one account of the gospel says, In another account there's two demonized men. They're met there by him who runs to Jesus and says don't torment us son of the most high i mean even demons know who he is don't torment us and jesus says who are you says we are legion for we are many it's also fascinating that the people of the decapolis and that whole area that region they tried to they tried to control him they tried to put chains around him they did everything they could but they were powerless to see deliverance it reminds me of religion It reminds me of tradition. It'll be like chains that try to shackle you, but you'll never end up free. You'll never end up whole. You can try to just, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian or get you into heaven any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. Did you catch that? You can stand in your garage as much as you want to. You're still not going to be a car. This demonized man comes, and he was tried to manipulated by religion, tradition, I think, and they just couldn't get him free, so they just put him over in the tombs. It's a whole generation that's really just amazed by death. It's a whole generation that's cutting themselves. How I many of you know there's cutters out there? Some of you are ignorant to this, but it's true. There's cutters out there. This guy cut himself with stones, and he comes to Jesus, and he knows who he is. He's a son of the Most High God. Don't torment us before the time. And I love how it says in the text that they asked, they asked for permission. The devil has to ask for permission. Please, can we, don't send us out of the region, which, by the way, is a scripture that will apply to understanding the demonic realm. Actually, there's territories. And and spiritual dynamics over regions and over territories, even here in Wasilla, even here in the state of Alaska. And those powers, those principalities are really set up, I believe, through sin and through curses and through even generational sin. And they really, they, they bring an effect on a region. The This legion, that's a whole nother message, but this, this legion, these demons said, just let us go into the pigs. And so... Jesus gives them permission. Go ahead, you, you can go. I, I love that. You can go ahead, devil, go ahead. Has to ask God for permission. They, they, go, into the, they go into the ham. They go into the pigs. It becomes deviled ham. And, and, and they run off and they drown themselves, which is a picture of, of what demon power, what darkness wants to do. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. They saw that. They saw the miracles, experienced miracles of Jesus amazing. They saw the blind see. They saw the deaf hear. They saw the lame walk. They saw miracles and they were amazed by that. But Jesus had given them his name to expand his kingdom. Now, if you take your Bibles, please turn to Luke 9. You'll find, if you'll find there, just I'm a paraphrase, but I want you to mark it so maybe you could read it later. In Luke 9, you see the 12 apostles are sent out into the villages and the places that Jesus would go, before his face, he says. And they're sent out to heal the sick and set the captives free. Now later on in Luke 10, he sends out one text says 70, another says 72. There's a multiplication of workers. And they go out and, and in verse 17, they return Oh, I ought to tell you that in, in Luke 9, Herod heals about, hears about what happens and actually wants to, wants to seek Jesus. Just, it's just amazed. So much power, so much healing, so many miracles that even in political halls, it is heard. I think we're coming to a day like that if you can get a hold of the message that I preached to you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Karen. I heard the amen right there. Thank you very much so much. Praise God. They return, the 72 return in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And it, and it says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons are subject or submit to us in your name. Peter and John saw that. Can you imagine Peter and John now as they approach the gate called beautiful. A man crippled since birth is begging alms. What's alms? It's coinage. I mean, he's a panhandler. Except the panhandlers, not like the panhandlers we have here in our, in our town, they were actually sanctioned. I think you had to have like a panhandling ter- permit. They were allowed to do that. That's how they survived. And uh, even blind people were given a blind cloak so that you knew they were authorized to beg. And so this man that had been begging daily, every day, brought there. And a miracle takes place in the name of Jesus. Understanding the name... Continued uh, in the church age, the apostle Paul says in the book of Philippians, chapter two and verse nine, Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Jesus, in his final appearance to the apostles, says, All authority in earth, on heaven and earth, I have given you. Wow. That means every situation that you face all of your life, every problem, every trial, every roadblock, every mountain, every sickness, every disease, anything you face all of your life in the name of Jesus, it can change. Come on, somebody say, in Jesus' name. name. We're called to live in the power of God. We're called to live in the power of His name. Believing on Him brings transformation. See, what do you mean it brings transformation? It says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, to as many as believed on him, he gave them the right. The word right is authority. Anybody ever ever been to a court of law? Okay. To as many as believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. So you don't become a child of God just because you're born, just because you're a human being, doesn't make you a child of God. You are made in the image of God, but you have to choose. You have to choose to believe on him or to believe what? To believe that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. You have to believe that. And when you believe that, he says, yes, boom. Translated, one version says, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Transformed. Can you say Transformed. The name of Jesus brings transformation. And if, in fact, he's given us his name, and he certainly has, according to the scriptures, then we have, if you would turn to Hebrews 4, we have privilege, we have access, we have a passport. I I just got back from, uh, from South America a number of weeks ago and I had to have a passport. I could not even get on the plane in Anchorage without my passport. I had to show that I had a United States passport. I got checked there. When I got to Dallas, I got checked there. And when I got to Chile, they checked me again to make sure I had a passport. I had the papers. You know what I'm talking about? You have to have papers, right? You to have papers, why? Because it's a statement to say, look, I am a United States citizen. I'm not a criminal. They're not after me. I mean, there was a time where I couldn't leave the United States because I didn't have a passport. Now I have a passport. Now I can. And so really, as I hold my passport, it's, it's, it's a declaration that I'm a United States citizen. And really, it's also a declaration that the government is, 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 is backing me. I mean, I'm part of this country, and I'm a patriot. God bless America. But if you didn't have a passport, you couldn't go out of the country. You know, unless you escaped by boat and did some crazy thing. Many people don't understand that they've been given a passport. They've been given his name. And you can boldly come before God's throne of grace. Hebrews 4, you all there? Hebrews 4, verse 16. Seeing then we have this great high priest who passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. It goes on to say in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. The veil has been rent. It's been ripped in two. You see, the, the the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God dwelt between the cherubim in the Old Testament on the ark inside what is called the Holy of Holies. But on that day, on that Friday, when Jesus took the sin of the world and was placed upon him and he was hung on a cruel Roman cross and that day when he gave up the ghost and he said, it is finished, that temple curse that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, whose rent was ripped from the top all the way to the bottom. That temple curtain was as thick as my hand. And it had, it had, I mean, just, it was woven. It was intricate. There's no ripping it. And you couldn't even get to the top unless you had, you know, a way to get to the top. In other words, God is the one that ripped that temple veil. And the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah, the glory of God, the presence of God, never again was to dwell inside the Holy of Holies, ever again. Never again to dwell inside a temple made by human hands. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit comes to live inside your heart, comes to live inside my heart. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. That's why the Apostle Paul said, you are, do you not know, that you are the temples of the Holy Spirit and God has given us access to when we're washed, when we're cleansed, when we believe on the Lord Jesus, it is then that we can come before Him and say, God, I need some help right now. Lord, I need some help up in here. And you can find mercy and grace. But if you don't know that, you'll never leave the country. If you don't know that you have a passport, you will not just be like, bam, help me out, God. You won't pray like that. You you won't boldly come. You'll be convicted. You, you just won't know. And I'm convinced that many people here, you've received Jesus, but you don't know that you can boldly come. You don't know that you can press in because you're condemned. You're convicted in your own heart, maybe by the way that you're living, or maybe by the fact that you're not tithing, or maybe by the fact that you know your conscience is not cleansed, and you're half in the bag with one foot in the world and one foot in, in the kingdom, and you're like, oh, God, I'm, I'm condemned. If your heart condemns you, you're finished. Somebody said to me, they were here, and they said, you know, Pastor, I, I've been in a lot of places. I've had a lot of people pray for me. When your, when your staff prayed over me, they prayed with authority. I cannot stand apathetic, wishy-washy, limp-wristed prayers. It is a fervent prayer of the righteous that availeth much. But if you, you'll never know the righteous. You'll, you'll never pray fervently if you don't know you're righteous. Come on, somebody say Amen. And praying in his name brings results. John 15 verse, verse 6 talks about that. John sixteen twenty three. let me quote this to you. In that day you will no longer ask for anything. He goes on to say, verily, tr- verily, truly, I say to you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Wow, Paul says pray without ceasing. Many people don't pray about things, and that's why they get themselves in trouble. Miracles are released in his name. Miracles are released in his name. If you look at Luke uh, chapter 9 and 10, that how they return, the apostles return. Come on. They return, and it says that they're filled with joy. And Jesus is filled with joy. And he says, thank you. And he says, I saw Satan fall like Lightning now some say that he's referring to the book of Isaiah about the fall of Lucifer and some say he's talking about the fall of Lucifer from Ezekiel and That could be but I I I believe this I believe that the power of God was so manifested when they went out in his name That demonic power over that region was diminished so what are you saying, pastor? I'm telling you, if you'll understand and come out of this service today, knowing that he has given you a passport to boldly come before the throne of God's grace and pray, you will see things change. If you understand tonight, today, that, that in his name, he's given you his name. What does that mean? It means his character. It means his power. It means his, it's everything that the kingdom of God stands for. Listen, if right now, if in this moment, right now, right here, right now, in bursting through the back door comes a police officer. Let's say a state trooper. State trooper comes in and says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to interrupt. Everybody stand up and exit the door on the right side of the building right now. Do it now. I will tell you what we will do. Yes, sir. Praise God. Let's go. Amen. I'll be the last one to leave. We'll make sure everybody gets out. I'll be a good shepherd. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to listen to him or her. just saved me. Just saved me right there. Come on, Jesus. We would get up and leave. Why? Because of the authority of the state of Alaska is behind that state trooper or the police officer, whatever the case is. And let's just take it a step further. Who else is behind that state trooper or that Wasilla Police Department or whatever department they come from? Who else is behind them? The government is behind them. Oh yes, God is actually behind them also if you read Romans. So the government's behind them. So now if you were to, let's say that you overthrow the police officer, there are there are coming some more officers, buddy. You try to overthrow a trooper, you're in some serious trouble. There's gonna come down on you and if you try to overthrow them, you're gonna get more. And, and, and listen, if you were strong enough to overcome that, you're eventually gonna get the power of the United States of America to shove your head in a very dark place and it'll be over for you. What are you saying? I'm telling you that the authority of of the state of the United States of America is behind our public servants in that way. Do you understand that concept? Does everybody understand it? Wave of me if you understand. It is the same exact thing with the kingdom of God. It's the same thing for those who've been redeemed, those who've been washed, those who've been cleansed, those who believed on the Lord Jesus. Your sins are no more. Heaven is now your home. You're just passing through this place. And when you stand and you say to the enemy, Not in the name of the United States government, not in the name of the Wasilla Police Department or the Palmer Police Department or the state of Alaska. You say in the name of Jesus, I command you now, leave this place, sickness go, disease go. That's a different, you don't even have to pull out a gun. But I like using mine, amen, it's right here. Go. Come on, put your finger out. It's loaded, man. Everybody say go. How about this? Say, come. Money cometh. Come on. (laughs) Hey! Christ oh the old is gone the new has come hallelujah hallelujah ah, ha, ha, ah. I'm, I'm saved I'm healed I'm whole i got authority in the name of Jesus in the name of stand up on your feet and say in the name of ah. put your hands together and shout and clap to God Morning, did you get it? Sickness go in Jesus name. Oh, I need to say this. I get excited about the word of God. I just get fired up. I make no apologies for it. In the casting out and the breaking of demon power off of people, especially in my younger days as a pastor, I used to just be like, DEVIL! i just be like crazy. I know you can't imagine that. <laughs> totally out of character, I'm sure. But I used to be like that, and I felt like I was straining my vocal cords all the time. I mean, like after a weekend of services or conferences, I'd just be like, oh yeah, powerful God, powerful move of God. And, and I just feel like, Lord, Lord, heal my vocal cords. And I felt like the Lord said, you don't have to yell. <laughs> Really? Said yeah, why don't you try whispering? So the next opportunity I had I'd be all somebody comes for healing somebody needs to be touched or maybe they're bound by addiction And so I tried it In the name of Jesus Be healed boom They got healed, you know, you don't have to yell. I know right some people yell to to sort of show they have authority which brings me to the last point. Last, the very last point is the warning. And we'll close our service this morning. It's a warning to us. Warning to those who speak his name, we must have a relationship with him. Matthew 7. So in other words, you can't just whip it out and use his name. There's power in his name, but it's, there's, it's dangerous if you do that and you don't have a relationship with him. Jesus said this. Everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22 of Matthew 7. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we done not done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to him, I never knew you. Oh, snap depart from me you who practice iniquity you who practice lawlessness in our culture we have a tendency to elevate and and to 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 really lift up people that do great things for God and I think we should give honor but just because somebody did some great thing for God or just because somebody brought you the word of the Lord just because you see healing flowing from somebody it doesn't necessarily mean they're serving God with all their heart and you need to be careful of that we need to be careful is a warning to us the seven sons of Skiva come on, raise your hand if you know about streakers. You know what a streaker is. You all raised in the '70s, every one of you. Raise your hand. If you know what a streaker is, because I know there's whole generation that doesn't know what a streaker is. A streaker is people that run around nude, naked. I mean, they, they used to charge the Super Bowl and run naked through the Super Bowl, screaming and yelling, and then they get tackled. It's ugly. It's an ugly sight. They get tackled and they get brought down by the by the police there and 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 then dragged off to court or whatever the case is. The seven sons of Sceva go to cast out devils at this particular house. And they say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, and I don't even think they they get to finish, the, the demons say, hey, hey, Jesus we know. Paul we heard about, who are you? and they, ah, they jump on them and they rip all their clothes off and they beat them and they become the first streakers, I think, in all of history. They run naked and bleeding. They could have changed the name of their ministry, Naked and Bleeding Ministries. And they run away because they did not have a relationship with Jesus. You gotta have a relationship with them, amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we close this service. And the final thing that we'll do this morning, if you're not right with God, You need to be made right with him you got to repent you got to believe on the Lord Jesus the book of Acts declares all who call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved so if you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus or you want to give your heart to him for the first time you want to give your heart to him for the first time you want to make a recommitment want to sell out want to sell the farm you've drifted away All across this place. If that's you, slip your hand up right now. You need to get right with God for the first time or make a recommitment. God bless you. Perhaps online, let's pray right out loud. Pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. and Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we're just going to sing this song, and we'll close. Holy Spirit, I pray, touch each and every one here. Release revelation and living understanding to carry your name, your authority, the power of your kingdom, behind us, your sons and daughters, into a world that we would see Satan fall like lightning. You've already defeated him on the cross. You took the keys of death and hell. Whatsoever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. You have given us authority. May we move now in our delegated authority to see this valley transformed by the power of God. Miracle signs, wonders, healing, cancer go, diseases going in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken.